Okay, it is 1732 hours on December the 4th. I'd like to call the meeting to order. Mrs. Troublefield, you please take the roll. Mr. Cannon. Mr. Cannon. Here. Okay. Mr. Cathell. Here. Mr. Collins. Here. Dr. Darmstadter. Here. Dr. Hattier. Here. Mr. Layfield. Here. Mr. Peden. Here. Mrs. Pryor. Dr. Stadler? Oh, she here. is here. Mrs. Wright? Here. Okay, we have a quorum. Do I have a motion to approve the agenda for December the 4th? So moved. Motion second. Made. Is there a second? Second. Motion made and seconded. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? Passed by majority vote. Dr. Owens, would you like to start with uh, public comments? Yes, thank you, Mr. Layfield. The, the time has come for public comments. Public comments will be made verbally via the Zoom platform. We will now open the attendees' ability to use the chat feature. If you would like to make a public comment, please type your full name in the chat window. Do not type your, your full comment. We just need your name at this time. We will state your name and allow you to unmute your microphone, at which point you may give your public comment. We will have a limit of three minutes per, per uh, participant and a maximum of 15 minutes total for this portion of the meeting. We will allow for public comments on first come first serve basis by the order of the names received in the chat. And first up we have uh, JR. Um, JR, we are going to go ahead and ask you to unmute. You should have a notification here in a second. Can you hear me? Yes, JR. Okay. Um, yeah, first, I just want to, um, you know, address obviously this meeting's about the governor's uh, release and what his recommendation is for um, going to remote learning. Um, I just kind of want to have the board bring it to their attention that, you know, when we had the active shooter stuff that was very uh, much out there in the public before we made sure that we took all the safety precautions and put everything in place to make sure that our staff and students were completely safe in the schools. We put the constables in, we put the gates in, we did everything that was uh, needed to make sure that everybody was safe. Um, now we're faced with something different and we have an unknown intruder and you know, we're, we put all the safety precautions in that we could think of, everything that the CDC said we should, everything that the uh, DPH said that we should put in place. Um, so now we, we have elected officials and our schools that we need to make sure that the staff and students are safe. You have data that uh, the state put out. You have data that um, the district has compiled and released to the board, uh, probably a little bit more specific, you know, school by school data than what is released to us, which is fine. But um, I just want to make sure that we are um, making sure that we are keeping everybody safe. Um, what, you know, I, I'm not advocating for remote and I'm not advocating for hybrid. I'm advocating for the safety of staff and students 
and for you guys to make sure that you look at the data and dig into it and make the, a wise decision for everybody. That's everything, thanks. All right, next on our list, we have Laura Maramonte, Dr. Lori. Uh, we are going to go ahead and allow you to talk. You might have a notification. Hello. Um, I'm just would like to share that I am been very pleased with the level of effort that the district has put into place to make things as safe as possible for all students. And if we do have to go into this um, further um, constriction of services in terms of being remote and not in person, I, I hope that some considerations for students with special needs can be made so that um, well, in recognition that their situation may be a little bit different from uh, the general population. Um, so that's all I had to say. I know it's a very difficult decision and I you know, want safety first for everyone as well. Um, but perhaps there's some flexibility in terms of how this plays out uh, as we go forward. Thank you. Thank you. Next on our list is Anna Miller. We're going to send you a notification. Just let me know if it works. Thank you so much. Can everyone hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I would just like to speak for a moment on the, um, the position that the nurses are evaluating our current COVID status. Everybody knows that our numbers are jumping and increasing and we haven't still seen the full effect of the numbers from Thanksgiving yet. We have 22 out of 25 of your nurses that support the governor's pause, not to completely remove us to remote forever, but to take a pause. DPH is not in a good spot right now. We still have eight schools are waiting for calls back from DPH. Since um, Thursday, we have a, not all eight since Thursday, but we're waiting on eight schools to return calls. <clears throat> Needs to time to catch their breath and evaluate the, the new standards that the CDC is releasing. DPH has not released any new protocols or any new procedures for nurses to follow. I think it would be prudent that we take the time to accept the polls and to use that the best they we, that we can. Up until last week, we had not seen children that were coming to school ill. We had had parents being very prudent about keeping ill children home. But in the past week, we have seen a lot more children who are presenting with symptoms, which increases our risk for spread within the in the school, even though we have not had that yet. I thank you for all of the efforts that everyone has put into keeping the district safe. And I just ask that you consider the nurse's position as we move forward. Thank you, Anna. Mm -hmm. All right, next in our list is Angela Robbins. You're going to get a notification in just a second. And Dr. Jerns, if, um, we are approaching time, you just cut us off. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. 
I'm just going to share. I did a, post, a Facebook post this morning and received a lot of shares, likes, and comments. So I'm going to share it just because I feel like it truly uh, portrays my feelings about the meeting that you're having this evening. After reading the governor's alert last night, I've decided to finally take a stand. For nearly eight months, I have sat idle, not voicing my opinion in regards to COVID and education. This is destroying our children. As an educator of 21 years and a parent of three children, I have seen firsthand the mental and emotional stress that not only our students are under, but also that of parents and caregivers. It's too much. Our students need consistency and routine, not extended breaks. We all need structure and bouncing between remote and hybrid isn't beneficial to anyone involved. I can honestly say I feel safer in my classroom with the 40 students that I teach in a week's time than I do out in the community. My students would say they feel the same. They love coming to school and many times state that they wish they could come every day. Our administration, custodial team, and food service workers have done an amazing job of keeping students safe, yet we are recommended to take an extended break. What message does that send? To me, it says they're not doing enough when in reality, they are. Our students are safe, warm, fed, and receiving quality in-person instruction. My oldest two children who do not go to our district have only had in-school instruction seven days since March. This is not okay. As you meet this evening to decide the fate of our students, I ask you to look at the spread within the school. It's not there. I also, I also ask you to look at the numbers in our community, not the state and the county as a whole. Remember, the governor only recommended shutting down for an extended break. He did not require us to shut down. Do not let him put the stress of making decisions on our districts. If he wants us to shut down, then he needs to make the decision to shut us all down. Otherwise, districts like ourselves that choose to stay open will receive pushbacks from unions and feel as though they are, not, feel as though they are letting the state down. There are other ways to stop the spread. Bouncing our students around is not one of them. Sorry if I've overstepped my boundaries in any way, but as a parent and educator, it is my job to advocate for children, and that's exactly what I am doing here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Next on our list is Bill Novi. Bill, you're about to get a notification that says that you're allowed to speak up. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, the, the woman uh, that just spoke actually really said everything that I wanted to say, but she said it a little more intelligently than I probably could have. Uh, I really just wanted to emphasize that it's not fair to cover the whole state with the same blanket. Um, and as she said, you know, what are the numbers in our school district? I mean, I don't know offhand, but how many cases have we had and, um, you know, is it fair to, to our children if we're not really experiencing the kind of problems that some other areas in the state are that our kids are going to get punished? It's already hard enough with what we're doing and trying to teach. I'm trying to teach a kindergartner and a preschooler. Um, it's very difficult. And I think the last two months have really helped with at least getting him there two days a week. Um, if we shut down again, uh, it's really devastating these children. And 
we, we need to think about them. And if the numbers direct us in, in, that, in one direction, fine. But I personally have not heard of many issues here uh, in the community, especially when it comes to the children. So again, I'm just pretty much reiterating what the, the woman before me said. And I just hope that we base it on our area and not just the rest of, of the state. Thank you for letting me speak. Thank you. Next up on our list is Charlene Bean. Charlene, you're about to get a notification. Hi there. Um, I am a parent of a early learning center child and um, I just kind of feel like this is premature. I kind of feel the same way as the last two people who spoke um, and would prefer that you guys keep them open. At least the younger kids need it. Um, it's kind of been proven that they can't do the remote learning as well as the older kids. So I would like for you to keep that in consideration as well. Thank you. Thank you. Next up on our list is Todd Mumford. Todd, you're about to get a notification. Good evening, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, I, I can echo the last uh, few comments. Uh, there's, there's definitely lots, lots of information out there that shows that ch children need to be in school. They need the one-on-one -on -one education, the face-to-face -face stuff, the interpersonal actions that they get with their students. Uh, that's a very important part of childhood development that needs to take place. And it's one of the reasons why uh, we have public schools is, is to have that social interaction. A, 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 the job of a virus is to replicate and infect. Um, we can slow the spread, but we are not going to stop the spread. If you look at the DPH numbers from the beginning of the uh, pandemic here in Delaware in March to September 11th, there was only one day where 5,000 people or, or more were tested for COVID. Uh, since November 19th, we've had four days where over 10,000 people were tested. So it's very obvious that the reason we're seeing a spike in numbers is related to the number of tests that are taking place, not necessarily the fact that people are getting sick. It's just we are testing a lot more people, which is good. I mean, it's a good thing. It makes us aware of what's going on. But it's, it also shows to me that what we're doing is working in the schools because despite the number of positive tests we're seeing in the community, we're seeing relatively low numbers of positive tests in our schools. So that tells me that our, our janitors especially are doing a fantastic job making sure that the sanitation is being done that needs to be done. Teachers and kids are, are masking up, they're sanitizing their classrooms like they're supposed to. Um, I like the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right now, it's rolling along pretty good for the Indian River School District, and I think we probably need to hold course for a little while. Thank you. Thank you. Next up on our list is uh, Jude Anderson. So Jude, you're about to get a notification. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. So um, I think what Indian River School District has done has been amazing. 
Um, however, um, I also work in the community in the rehabs and other facilities. And I have been exposed to several people who have died from COVID, um, 56 to be exact. My concern is it only takes one person who's asymptomatic to be spreading the virus back to somebody that's unknown. And that's, that's a concern of mine. I don't feel that the school district is doing anything wrong. I think the school district is doing an incredible job, but the virus is obviously amped up and the numbers are rising. And again, it only takes one person to spread that virus back to somebody else that, that could be a victim of this horrible thing that we're going through. And that's, that's all I wanna say. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Jerns, can you give us a time check on our 15 minutes, please? We have exactly two minutes and 52 seconds remaining. All right, next up on our list is um, Deborah. So Deborah, you're about to get a notification. Hi, I'm here. We can hear you, go ahead, thank okay, you. Okay, well, my name is Deborah, and I am a school bus driver for one of the contractors. And the woman that just spoke before me, absolutely, I echo what she says. Um, obviously, I, well, you, you don't know that, but I did have children, so I am absolutely understand the dilemma that parents are faced with with regards to their children in terms of the childcare as well as they want them to be educated. But this is a disease that has no conscience and it kills people. So we cannot take that risk. We simply cannot take that risk at all. And that's what my concern is. Um, you know, I don't know any more than you all know when this is gonna be over, but the reality is, is that we have to err on the side of caution. And if that means that kids need to, and parents need to buckle down and just do remote learning to the best of their ability, I'm sorry, but then so be it. And I'll volunteer to try and help any parent, you know, or, 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 or group that wants some tutoring, however that can be done but that's, that's my opinion, so thank you. Um, one of our final ones on here, we have um, Ashley Elksness. I am going to um, let you go ahead in just a second. We have one and a half minutes remaining. Um, hi, can you hear me? Yes. yes. I just want to say, like, please don't shut down. My kid is kindergarten, and he has an IEP, and he has fallen so far behind. Um, we struggle every day with the remote le learning. It's not, um, it's not adequate for his age range. We have it's more frustrating than it is helpful. Um, so I, I respect everybody's opinion, um, but I, I think it should be on a basis. If people want to send their kids in, please let them have that decision. That's all I got. Thank you. Do we have time for one more? We have 45 seconds remaining of 15 minutes. All right. There's a person out there, Molly. I'm going to put Molly on the line. Um, so Molly, there you go. Hi guys. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Hi. I just want to follow up to the comments that were just made. You're not gonna stop asymptomatic spread. 
whether it's December 14th or whether it's in February. And when we talk about people saying parents just need to hunker down, um, that's fine for the parents that can do that. But when you talk about equity, you have a large group of students right now who are not getting any education at all. And I think the school district needs to consider that. And those two days a week are vital to certain populations. Thank you. Mr. Layfield, that concludes our 15 minute public comment section. I'd like to move forward with new business. 3.01, Dr. Owens, would you like to discuss new business, sir? Thank you for the public comment. Yes, I, I'd like to echo that. Thank you for um, everyone providing their opinion tonight. And it's great to see, uh, looks like we have about 656 participants here tonight. So to see that many members of our staff and community interested in um, in our district is, is great to see. And I appreciate uh, the participation tonight. Uh, I'm just gonna start with, we, uh, as we learned yesterday, Governor Carney announced additional restrictions related to the COVID-19 pandemic. And part of those restrictions included recommendations that Delaware schools pause in-person learning beginning December 14th and transition to remote learning through January 8th. This decision and announcement by the governor is an effort to support school districts who face significant operational challenges because of their increased number of COVID-19 cases and the number of staff members that may have been quarantined with each of those positive cases. I do wanna just share some of our data. Since September, uh, we've had 56 students and 45 staff, 101 total that have tested positive. Um, and to put that into perspective, we, um, out of, uh, that's out of 700, seven, excuse me, 7,475 students who have elected to participate in our hybrid model. That's the in-person model. So again, 7,475 students are participating in that in-person model. And we have over 1,500 staff members who support uh, those students. So collectively, uh, with the numbers in mind and the number of students and staff uh, participating, that uh, is a positivity rate of about 1%. This is due in large part to the work of our staff and uh, the following of our safety protocols. So again, I wanna re reiterate what many of our, um, our public comments said. The staff is doing an unbelievable job. Uh, the teachers, the custodians, the bus drivers, uh, the administration, the nurses, it's been a collective effort and um, we have done a nice job of of trying to keep these numbers low, and it's it's due to um, due to the people that have been involved, and and I want to thank you uh, deeply for that. Um, that said, we we did talk a little bit about quarantine. We have a lot of people that need to quarantine, whether it's from um, exposures outside uh, with with what's going on in the community, and sometimes there's quarantines that occur based on exposures within our schools. So that does impact us um, daily with trying to um, piece together our puzzle of staff and where our needs are to ensure that we do have coverage. So I do want to acknowledge that that, that does occur. Um, as you can imagine, that's, that is one of our biggest hurdles. I wanna just take a minute to talk about some of our successes since September, our teachers, nurses, principals, support staff, they're all following those reopening guidelines and provide quality remote and hybrid instructional programs for our students. Um, we've heard loud and clear from the community that 
Um, we, we, we're doing a better job than we were doing when we broke in March uh, due to the pandemic. So uh, again, that, that's, we're, we're doing a nice job. Uh, we have heard from our families that they appreciate the option to come in hybrid uh, for a couple days and to uh, also to have a strong remote option for our students. Uh, our COVID-19 health and safety protocols, which were developed in part with uh, the guidance we got from um, Department of Ed, DPH, but our own staff did a lot of work to develop those criteria and they've been working and helping to keep us safe. And um, teachers and parents are doing an unbelievable job at providing that concurrent instruction. Sometimes our staff are doing a lesson that involves kids on Zoom and kids in the classroom. And that's really hard work. And we recognize that. So teachers have done a nice job. Uh, again, we've got a lot of challenges too. Contact tracing protocols that, uh, that occur when we have potential exposures or positive cases. Those are really time consuming for our school nurses and administration. Sometimes it takes a couple hours. In addition, uh, we're also understanding, and, and Nurse Miller talked about this, DPH has is, is gotten busier than ever, and the response time is limited um, from them now. We understand that. Teachers and staff members uh, continue to worry, and we've heard that too, about the increased cases in our community. And um, if you look at the data, you understand that what's going on in our community is, is real, and we do have concern of the potential impact uh, that uh, on our schools. Um, Families without access to um, devices or connectivity, that's a concern as well. I, I do wanna say that uh, we have begun receiving the hotspots that we have uh, made available to us. And I know our IT team uh, and Charlie Ruggiero are working hard to get those out to the families. So we're really excited that that is going to fill a huge gap that has been a major concern with us, um, begin to fill that. So uh, we, we thank the, the work that's going on there. Um, and finally, I'll just acknowledge the workload uh, and challenges of our teachers. Uh, it is a real concern and we know that the environment that we continue to work in uh, and our team tries to, to find ways to make things a little bit more manageable. So we know that this is a bigger, heavier lift than ever before. And our teachers have done a, a phenomenal job and the workload is, is, is there and we acknowledge it and we need to continue to try to find ways to, to mitigate some of that. So. Uh, we, we, we are committed to that. So um, that said, uh, we do need to make some considerations tonight. Um, we have been able to, to maintain operations in our school to date, and we're happy about that. And we've not had to close any schools. We've had to quarantine classes from time to time. And as I said, people, but we've not had to, um, fortunately, we've not had to close any schools. So I'm proposing that the board consider continuing with the hybrid model through December 18th. That's one consideration with the understanding that if we uh, do have significant operational challenges, that we, we are prepared. Our team is prepared to transition to remote uh, at any given school if the, there is that significant uh, operational challenge. So that is there, but I would propose to continue the hybrid model uh, through the 18th. Um, December 21st and 22nd were scheduled days. I'd ask that we consider uh, allowing our teachers the option to work remotely and to provide that asynchronous instruction to our students. Um, you know, it, it's important for that to continue. Those are days that the students uh, need to continue with instruction, but um, I'm asking to consider teachers to work remotely and provide asynchronous um, to our students on those two days. 
uh, 12-month employees would still need to be on site and we would need custodians there to continue to engage in our cleaning protocols. That would take us to December 23rd. That's currently a teacher work day. I would ask the board to consider that day for um, potentially allowing uh, that to be remote as well. That's the day before we would go to break um, for 12 months and teachers to, to be remote on that day. Christmas break is December 24th through January 1st. Um, so that would remain untouched, obviously. And then I would ask the board to consider a potential move to remote instruction for that week of J January 4th through the 8th. Staff would work remotely uh, following the holiday to prevent any spread that may have occurred uh, after spending time with our family and friends during the break. Um, if staff would like to come into the schools to uh, utilize their resources and materials, we would uh, allow that to occur uh, pending building principal approval, obviously. That would be a case-by-case -case basis. Custodians would need to return to, to make sure our schools are clean. And we would also ensure that administrative uh, staff is there uh, and secretarial staff, we would need to work out a schedule for coverage there for them on that week. So again, remote instruction would occur for our kids during that January 4th through 8th. And then on January 11th, we would come back and resume our processes as we have um, rolled them in over the last uh, couple months. So we would go back to our hybrid model January 11th. With that, um, I've given you some things to consider. Uh, I would like to open it uh, up for discussion in the board. Mr. Layfield. Thank you, Dr. Owens, for that explanation. Open it up to the board for discussion. I have a question. Um, it seems as though the nursing staff for the schools are having an issue contacting DPH. So that is at a state level. Is this a state issue then? I mean, if they're not able to communicate with our nursing staff, which is very important right now, um, how are we to handle that? Um, I will allow Mrs. Blannard to, to speak. She works with our nursing team and the schools as they contact DPH, but uh, I can tell you from my conversations with her and some members of our team, that is a, a very real concern. And I'll allow her to talk about why we, we quarantine while we wait for a DPH response. And at times that extends the amount of time that folks are out of our buildings. Mrs. Blannard. Thank you. So when we do have a positive case, the um, nurse does engage in contact tracing. And as Dr. Owens mentioned, it is a timely process, but we have protocols in place that all nurses use. Simultaneously, the call is made to DPH to report the positive case because they then would like the data that's collected by the nurse to determine who should quarantine. In light of the lag time that we're seeing because of the increase in community cases, we have received approval from DPH for us to make a call initially to quarantine, always to err on the side of caution. And then if DPH comes in after the fact, a day or two later and reverts that decision, we would report that notification to our employees or our families. If I may, any more questions on that? I have a, a comment. 
I, I believe the nurses are working very hard to do what they're supposed to be doing. And if they're making a lot of contact tracing and other things, they're not being able to do their nursing duties. Uh, is there any way we can get these people extra help to make the phone calls and tracking um, that they are required to do? The second thing I'd like to point out is that when they talk about cases, that does not mean people are in a hospital sick and dead. They've simply been exposed. I have felt for a long time that the use of the word case here may not be the correct one and that it's more about an exposure, the same as if it was going to be a flu, all right? Yes, so we, we use the term positive case when we have a positive test result. Correct, and then we I use, know that. We I use, know that, that's what everybody does. And then we use the term quarantine um, in various situations. So if an employee self-reports or a parent self-reports that um, the student or staff member is experiencing a COVID-like symptom, we will always have that um, individual go home and we'll monitor those symptoms. Oftentimes we'll recommend a COVID test. Um, the other um, quarantine situations are if we have situations in a school where maybe there wasn't proper mask wearing, we may have had some exposure, that would result in a quarantine. And again, when we do quarantine, it's most often for 14 days because that was the current time period that the CDC had recommended. Recently, they are talking about changing those guidelines, but we haven't received that information to date. And then in regard to the question about support for nurses, you bring up a really good point. This is something we definitely need to look at because they have an incredible workload on their hands yes, and they, they are working around the clock. Um, over the Thanksgiving holiday, I can tell you, I heard from them every single day with positive cases being reported. Staff are looking for guidance, families are looking for guidance, and our nurses have truly been our unsung heroes. So you bring up a really good point, and I think with our staff in our school buildings, we really do need to look at that and offer additional supports. I think we should too. I think we've been uh, requested to do an awful lot of things at virtually every level um, by the government that is not being recompensed. Um, the people we work with are true professionals and they're putting in more time than they're being paid for at virtually every level. And I don't care which level of staffing it is that we have. All right, I admire the whole thing. Um, personally, I am concerned about the general effect that it's having on the kids. I know there's a high fear factor. I deal with the public virtually every day. Alrighty, and I work with them. Some people say their kids learn great. I've heard it from teachers that learning online is exactly what they need and every kid learns. That's not true. I hear more complaints from my parents about uh, parents, patients um, who have kids in the school system who are saying that the remote isn't working for them. They're dropping behind. The comments on the IEP and the makeup times that we're gonna be requested to come up with, which again is all coming out of our dime. State's not giving us any money for that. Um, I think that Dr. Uh, Owens's recommendation here is a good solid one. It's a great place to start, but the more we can keep in our schools, frankly, the happier I'm gonna be. And I would agree that those people who are uncomfortable with it, then they need to be working from home um, and let the other people who are comfortable with it handle it. <clears throat> Dealing with raw numbers, Doc, you're talking about what are we doing with our society? What are we doing with our children? Let's look at some numbers from 2019 at one of our high schools in the first marking period, we had 450 failures. Do you yep. think, uh, do you think the remote and this hybrid model is working? Because no. this year, the same marking period, we have 2000, 
609 failures, an increase of 500%. Yep. And the other difficult decisions tonight, this virus is unpredictable. We're following the measures, as the governor says, we're following the science. We're failing our students, we're failing our society by closing it up. I think everyone would agree that the opportunity is there for the students and parents, if they want to, to do remote learning or get into the hybrid model. We're offering that opportunity. I would like to see us continue on that. Dr. Owens's plan is a bit of a compromise. I'm one to say we keep going with what we have, but I'm willing to accept Dr. Owens's uh, model moving forward. But just looking at the numbers, I don't think we follow the governor's, like I said, recommendation to a T. I think we look at what we're doing and we keep doing what's right here in Indian River School District. And I couldn't agree with you more because I'm seeing the same things. We have students now that we can't even find. And those are kids that we're gonna end up being responsible for on a state and a federal level. And so far right now, nobody has given us any breaks on that whatsoever. We're being forced to do makeup time for a lot of things that are gonna end up costing this district a ton of money. So I think it is a compromise. I think that uh, we as Americans do have a right to make our choices. If you want your child out, fine. If you want your child in, we should be trying to make that happen. Now, as far as the compromise goes, I'd be happier if we stayed all the way through, but I do understand some of the concerns, and this strikes me as being a, a moderate uh, way of, of handling uh, the situation. Any further discussion from board members? Yeah, I have one more thing to add. Um, I, we all understand as parents, us parents out there, it's, our, it's up to us to decide whether our children go to school or not. Now, speaking from staff members within the school, what is our administration doing to help ease their minds? Because I have gotten several emails where staff's getting concerned and they're getting worried for their own well-being. And, and I do understand that, being a healthcare professional. I see it every day. But what is the administration doing to put the, the mind of our teachers, our paras, everybody involved in the school, what are we doing to put them at ease? I mean, the numbers are, are looking good, I feel like. 1% is very good. Um, I, think, I think where we stand now I would agree with what Dr. Owens suggested as far as how we move on, but I just want to know what administration is doing to help the teachers and the paras and the custodial staff and all the ancillary employees to put their minds at ease. So I can respond to that. We did have, um, we pulled the principals together today just to kind of get some of their, their thoughts and opinions about this. They were very open and candid and, and they expressed the same concerns that you all have and that I have and that the community have. And they're there in the buildings every day. So um, I know that they're visible because when I, when I go to the schools, they're with me and they're, 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 they're communicating with their staff regularly and trying to, to help to understand their needs. Um, as we've talked, they understand and are doing everything in their power to try to eliminate any roadblocks that may stand in their way to, to be able to um, instruct the students that are there and provide the, the appropriate technology to the staff and the resources, the custodial crews, uh, they um, submit uh, referrals to us weekly with the needs of the custodial crew, the cleaning supplies, partitions, uh, whatever, gloves, masks, whatever it may be. So they're working with their team to make sure that we know what they need, we order it, make sure we get that in their hands. So um, they're there every day too. The, the, the administration 
is there in the schools working side by side with their staff. They're, they're working to try to ease their minds and ease their needs. And they're communicating with us as well. You know, the cabinet members are here on the Zoom this evening. They're working tremendously hard behind the scenes to ensure that we have curriculum in place. We have the funding through the finance office to meet the needs. The special ed department uh, continues to receive calls on the hotline. Dr. Brittingham is, is participating in, in our high level IEPs. So they're working behind the scenes to, to try to ensure that um, the staffing needs are met. I know uh, Mrs. Bunting receives calls daily to try to um, understand the needs of our staff and whether uh, they need to be out working remotely or what we can do to try to accommodate them. I can second what Dr. Layfield said because I've had calls um, and comments from some of the custodians. Um, as with everything in our district, information does not always flow smoothly or easily, but virtually everyone that has required some kind of an extra piece of gear has been authorized to go ahead and do it. And I think all the principals are now very aware of that. And they are saying that if you need something different, go to Lowe's, go to wherever, order it, buy it, we'll cover it, we'll take care of it. And I know that has been done very proactively. Okay. So having said that, I'd like to make a motion that we uh, accept Dr. Owens's recommendation. Motion made. Dr. Stadler, did I hear a second? Yes, second. Motion made and seconded. Any further discussion before the board? All those in favor say aye. 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 Can you poll the board? Aye. Mr. Cannon? <laughs> Mr. Cannon, I don't know if we got your response. I'm sorry. Oh, yes. Thank you. Mr. Castle? Yes. Mr. Collins? Yes. Dr. Darmstadter? Yes. Dr. Hattier? Yes. Mr. Layfield? Yes. Mr. Peden? Yes. Mrs. Pryor? Mrs. Pryor, you are muted. Yes. Dr. Statler? Yes. Mrs. Wright? Yes. Okay, that's 10 yes, no, zero no, and zero abstentions. Motion passes by unanimous vote. Nothing comes further in front of the agenda. Meetings adjourned. Thank everyone, especially the public. Appreciate your concern, 600 some people. That's awesome.